The hosts of Supernatural Philosophy are not scientists. And no, they're not philosophers either. In fact, they don't even have their bachelor's degrees. So take everything said here with a grain of salt. Unless you're using that salt to keep demons from coming in through your toilet bowl. Leave that where it is. That's more important. Hi, I'm Alex Abraham. And I'm Julia Ercolano. This is Supernatural Philosophy, a podcast where we talk about monsters and sometimes their genitalia. You're not wrong. I know. We're uh, we're a little late here. A little. We're pretty late here. We are aware of this fact. I do want to extend um, my, my apologies to the many of you who this has has deeply so, affected and disappointed so many of you. a real a real legion um of people who have been upset by this delay um i woke up and there was a mob outside my window yeah they they have figured out where we live um <laughs> i have had to move twice now damn it yeah it's, that's what happens when you become famous as famous as I am. Mm-hmm. And you as well. Yeah. What Allie left? got twenty new Twitter followers this, this week and she's real excited about that. They're all gonna unfollow me within <laughs> days. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. We're back and we did yeah. leave we did leave off um with a question last time. Indeed. And we did promise that we would do some, some research on this and i think we both perhaps did i definitely did i did too i did a little research i found um a source to bring to bring into the discussion wait what's your source it's an i found an article but from where um impro the annals of improbable research so that doesn't sound like a real thing at all well okay well first off pose the question what was the question Allie? <laughs> I don't, it was, do centaurs have How many lungs? lungs does a centaur have? I was going to say yeah. two lungs or four. Okay. Well, here's the thing, Allie. I'm not going to find the answer to that in fucking science. I may have. Well, what, what was your, what's your conclusion? No, you go first. You have your weird, funny source. Okay. Well, I basically, I Googled anatomy of centaur and I found this article called anatomy of the centaur and it's by university professor it says doctor doctor <laughs> that's definitely not a good sign well please tell us what doctor doctor had to say well it's it's doctor doctor hc i was see i got worried because i'm like maybe this is gonna mean something when i read this out loud doctor doctor hc reinhard v putz i don't think that's a reference i'm gonna google him um it says he's from the institute of anatomy at ludwin ludwing maximilian university in munich germany let's see if that's a real university first off it's not <laughs> i bet that it's not no it is it is it is a real university hold on can i look at their faculty <laughs> if dr doctor is listed well yes he is um, Oh no, I haven't gotten that far. Ooh, oh, okay. Let's see. Um, I don't know if this is gonna be in like med veterinary medicine. Let's okay, biology. 
Does a centaur go to a veterinarian or a human doctor? That's a real good question. I'm going to go ahead and say probably a veterinarian because I did this 4-H program in high school um, on veterinary stuff. Great. And basically what they they were just like, you know, hum- not humans. Doctors are basically just vets. They just can only deal with one animal. Oh. I mean, it's that's true. Like, you know. That sounds really offensive. Well. The thing a, is, if was I was... Joke. Oh. <laughs> If if I was dying of some terrible illness, I would want a person doctor. Okay, I mean, well, that's your prerogative. Hold on. I googled his name with this... Hold up. Okay, I think he has a Wikipedia page. It's in German. Let me just translate this shit. Yeah, yo, he's real. Doctor Doctor is real. Well, I don't know. Maybe that was a typo. I think that it was just meant to be doctor. But Reinhard Putz is an Austro-German anatomist and university teacher. Wait, he was born in 1942. Is he still alive? Yeah, he would be, like, old. 70s? 80s? Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so this is from the Annals of Improbable Research, which is, like, I guess, like, a satirical kind of, like, quote-unquote science um, magazine. I just want to tell you something. It's anals. Is it? Yeah. What's it? Is anal a word? No. Anal is. You... <laughs> Hold on. I googled it and it's. It says annals. Yeah, that's what I said. You said anal. Okay, well that's just like an accent thing. The annals okay, of the an. What did you say it was? Now I'm an- questioning an- everything. The annals of history. Okay, uh, the annal, well, this is the Annals of Improbable Research. Anyway, this is the September to October 2006 volume written by the university professor, Dr. Dr. H.C. Reinhard V. Putz of Ludwig Maximilian University in Munich, Germany. And, um, yeah, so he wrote this paper called the anatomy, or just anatomy of the centaur. Um, And, you know, he, I mean, he breaks it down. He goes into all of the, the systems. But what we're concerned with is the respiratory system, which he does lay out on page 10. And so basically his, his um, proposal is that uh, there, there are four lungs. He does lay this out in, in like real, real language um, of, of medicine. Basically that, that there are, are, are two, two like respiratory systems that happen concurrently. That's his hypothesis. Oh my god, hold on. The dog stole my bag of, of, of cookies. I think you need to get the dog out of your room while we record. Uh, hello, ma'am. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this. Okay, bye-bye. So Dr. Doctor has hypothesized from, and, and he kind of just was looking generally at, um, you know, different, different artist renditions of the centaur uh, in, in the classical from classical times. Yeah, I mean, he goes into all of it, all of this stuff, really. It's an interesting piece. Wow, it really sounds like you read the whole article. I did, actually, but it's been a while. Because <laughs> we, we planned to, to record this a solid week ago. I mean, he basically just, like, here, you he sound has... sound like you're bullshitting, like, a like a one, 102 seminar right now. Like, you're like, Yeah, I actually, that is basically, I had a quiz today, and I didn't know the answers, really. And I just started writing and bullshitting stuff. Yeah. Um, You know, partial credit is all that matters. C's get um, degrees. That's true. 
Okay, yeah, so he's got this, this table at the end here that just, like, basically breaks it all down. The hypothetical systematic anatomy of the centaurs. Oh, man, these are, those are just difficult words. I don't know what this means. Arranged axially? Arranged additive? Okay, that, we don't need to know about that stuff. These but are anatomical terms. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, the diasystemic systems, um, so arranged consecutively. Um, he says that, like, there are two hearts, the cardiovascular apparatus, like, there are two hearts, and then I guess they beat, like, w like I think that the human one beats first, then the, you know, horse one follows, or something like that. And I don't, then, that's bullshit. I don't know. And then, I mean, he does explain it. Um, and then arranged in parallel, so ones that happen, like, concurrently, the digestive, respiratory, and urinary tracts. Oh, oh yeah, so this was an interesting thing that he brought up, though, um, in regards to the circulatory system. He says, it would not be entirely illogical, however, to suggest two separate circulatory systems, since the respective blood pressures of Equus and Homo, the original species, are considerably different. Um, however, these systems may have aligned in the course of phylogenesis. And I'm not entirely sure what phylogenesis is. I think it's just, like, kind of... I'm going to look it up, you know? Well, genesis is, like, beginning, and philo means friends yeah so the ev it's the evolutionary development and diversification of a species or group of organisms or of a particular feature of organisms um so i guess it just means evolution nice yeah yeah so he says like there's a primary and secondary heart he goes into like where the aor aortas are and he he really he has citations like he did his work he also has a whole special um, section on centaurs from Crete. Crete. Crete, yeah. Um, because apparently they were drawn weird and they have a pair of human legs in front instead of, you know, the horse front legs. Well, I hate and they, that. And they also have full human genitalia in between those front legs as well as presumably the horse genitalia. Okay, that I do understand, like the impulse. Uh, but that doesn't mean the I like to, it. To what? To draw that? Or yes. to create that? Or for God to create that? Yes. <laughs> Both. Yes, I'll I'll take two. <laughs> <You know, laughs> what's really <laughs> What's really interesting about Cretan art, and I know this because I studied Cretan art, um, is that it depending it's got a lot of a lot of genitalia. All, all Greek art did. That's not. No. Yeah, but they got they got double. But uh, Minoan art, which is what you call art found on Crete from like before three thousand BCE or whatever, um, was actually like really artistically advanced. It was more advanced than anything else in the Mediterranean at the time. Because they gave their centaurs two dicks. No, I'm not saying that. That's why I'm saying though that like depending on is. how old, depending on how old the uh, the double dick centaur is, that might actually be the foundation like that might have been what they did look like originally you're saying that the centaurs then evolved to only have the one dick well i'm saying our artistic renditions of the centaur have evolved to uh, have only yeah he does also them. this paper does mostly focus on male centaurs not because of sex well because of sexism but on the Greeks part because they mostly drew male centaurs. Well, I would love to talk about Greek centaurs. For you go for, for it. A moment. Thank you. So um, the myth of the centaur 
aside from I feel like the one that everybody knows is Chiron. Um probably yeah, in large I love that part. Boy. Yeah, right. To the uh the Percy Jackson books by Rick Riordan, uh which are wonderful books. Uh I recommend to all young children and also adults who just, you know, don't mind reading kids' literature because they don't get hung up about shit like that. Um Yeah, wait, hold on. In the Hercules movie, isn't he a satyr? Yeah, he is. And he's played by Danny oh, DeVito. Oh my god. What? Really? Did wait, you not know that? I mean, it makes sense. They must have used him. You know, they they captured his likeness well. Yeah, no, they were like, well, Danny DeVito can't voice the centaur. <laughs> oh, wait, no, this isn't, this isn't, it's not supposed to be Kyron. That's uh, Phil. No, they the, named him Phil. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> yeah, he's like the figure of Kyron, yeah. Yeah, Heracles was trained by Kyron. But Kyron is like the scholar centaur. He is the only one of his kind. The others were all meant to be like barbarians. And... You know, in original Greek myth, they were barbarians in a really just, like, savage way. They would, like, tear through towns and rape the women and murder the men and, you know, do horrible things to the children and all of that. In um in the Riordan, which is how I will be academically referring to the middle grade uh, Percy Jackson, the Olympian series, uh, in the Riordan, they're more just, like, party animals. Um, I like that better. Uh, if we get to choose what rendition of the centaur we ascribe to, I'm definitely going with the one where they just party too hard. Nice. But um, those wily centaurs actually predate humanity in myth mm-hmm. because the uh, the Greek mythological genesis basically has, you know, it's to break it down into like it's really just most basic terms because I don't want to be here forever. Uh, there were the giants or I, giants is like a term that's used sometimes it's not necessarily what they were it was like the earth itself and the sky itself and like uh and they gave birth to the titans who ruled over earth for a time who gave birth to the um the gods but before uh the gods took over and like humanity came in at some point and there's a lot of different versions of how that happened basically the only like part that matters is eventually prometheus gave us fire and then we weren't in the dark anymore and that's when humanity really like kicks off um, but centaurs were around before we were because they are the children of the Titans. Or, yeah, they're majestic. No, you know, I think I well, may this, have lied. They this, may be the children. They may be the cousins of the Titans or something. Yeah, hold up. So this um, this paper does give a historical background. It says that the uh, the centaurs are the, are the offspring of the ill-fated relationship of um, this name. It's I-X-I-O-N. That doesn't sound right. The king of the Thessalian Lapathies and a cloud with the features of Hera. I've never heard that version. Wait, I have a book on centaurs in front of me. Let me try to find it. Oh. Centaurs of Greek antiquity primarily lived in Magnesia, where they were... Oh, shit. Sorry. Where they were said to be sired on Mount Pelion in Thessaly, within the oak forest of Elis on the Malian Peninsula. By most accounts, these centaurs are physically similar to the standard image of centaurs we see in classic and modern art. A separate group of centaurs said to be born of Zeus spilling his seed on the soil of Cyprus in frustration at not <laughs> having Aphrodite. Wait, hold up. Spilling his seed? Yeah, like he masturbated. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting, though. <laughs> Because it's like, if you jack off hard enough, you create more centaurs. centaurs. That's Centaurs come from that. 
No, but so so anyway, what I'm basically saying is that we look at centaurs and we're like, yo, that's a human with a horse body. Wrong. Centaurs look at us and they're like, yo, that's a really fucked up centaur. Yeah. And they're <laughs> right. They yeah. are so they're so right. They were here first. So I got a question for you. Hit me. How many fingers does a centaur have? Ten. It's kinda got fourteen in a sense. In what sense? His horse legs are basically fingers? No, they're not. They are. Did you not? Okay, so I will no, admit. Your I finger... No, no, no. Stop. I'm stopping you there. Your fingers are phalanges. They're the same bone structure as your toes, but a horse's legs are the same structure as, like, they've got the tibia and whatever. Like, that. a horse's leg is a leg. It's not a finger. Listen. Sit down. I took honors anatomy. <laughs> no, because... Well, one, this was they talk about this on the on uh, on my bim bam, but ba- basically, the hoof first off is basically a toenail. It isn't. Yeah, it is. It's made out of the same shit. So they basically they walk around on their toenails. No. Their front legs have a shoulder blade, a scapula. Hold on, let me just look up the anatomy of a horse leg. Yeah, you have three phalanges. In each finger. Like, your phalanges are made up of three bones. Your fingers are made up of three bones. Your legs have way more than three bones. Yeah, okay. Here's the thing. So your your fingers, your phalanges, are made up of your metacarpals. You have the three metacarpals. Well, yeah, you have yes. the carpals, which make up your hand, and then you have three metacarpals, which make up your fingers. Yes. And then two in the thumb. Horses' legs are made up of, like... The long bone there is a metacarpal. Oh my god, wait, no, hold on. They have an ulna and a radius in their front? Oh my god, this is so weird. No, why is that weird? You have a radius in your arm. Yeah, I have an ulna, yeah. Okay, yeah, so they're like, their shin is called the cannon, okay. Their shin is called the cannon bone, and that is a third metacarpal. And then, like, their hoof and ankle area is, like, a phalange. Okay. So they have a finger, maybe. You could maybe make the argument. Their arm is basically a big finger. No! Yes! You You can't say their whole leg is a finger, because they have parts of their leg that are not part of a finger. Their lower leg is basically a finger. You could argue that maybe their hooves are a finger. I would no, maybe entertain hoof that. hoof is a toenail. The part that connects to the hoof. Yeah, that's a metacarpal, but then the bones above it are also metacarpals. This because, may only because be... Because it's a foot! You have metacarpals in your feet, too. Do you call your toes your fingers? No, but literally their shin bone is a metacarpal. Like, it goes above just the little area that you Where think of as Where are you getting this information? By looking at their anatomy. I'm looking at their knee is called a carpus. Yeah. So and then you the think bone that that's right, yes. And then the bone right below it, the cannon bone, is a metacarpal. Okay. And it is on the four legs also. I mean the the rear legs also. Listen. Okay. It's weird, but it's true. I. J- but they have other bones attached. I just feel like calling it a metacarpal is a misnomer. Because Okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and say that the experts who called it that know better than we do. I would not say that at all. The idiots who made up anatomy terms, they didn't, they didn't have the internet. They didn't know shit. <laughs> oh, God. 
I should bring this up in my bio art class and have my professor. Yes, please do, and let me know. I'm going to ask her tomorrow. You know what? Hey, did I ever tell you? Did I ever tell you that when I went to the um, American School of Archaeology in Greece, they had, like, a horse skeleton up on the table for us to look at? Nice. It was in pieces. They were studying, like, plague, I think. In horses? It was a plague horse, yeah. Okay, nice. I didn't touch it. Thought about it, but I didn't. It's head. Have you ever seen a horse skull? Like, in, in person? Yeah. Without skin on it? Well, I certainly have not seen one with skin on it. Unless it was attached to a live horse. That's what I meant. I assume I've seen one with... I know what it looks like. Well, when would you have seen one? I thought that that was a really interesting thing to encounter. I've never, like, been that close. Either way, they're huge. Yeah, I know. I've been near their heads. They're they're huge when they have skin on them, too. Julia plays polo. I I ride horses, and and I quote-unquote play polo. Uh, She hit a horse in the face last week. I did hit a horse in the face, and it was literally one of the worst moments of my life, and I didn't mean to do it. I really, really didn't. I can't believe you're not in jail. I can't either. It's really just, it's not right. Um, She was fine, though. I checked in on her. I let her hit me in the head with her head. Um, I also, so I may have to subscribe to your whole meat-eating horses thing. That is not my thing. It is. I want nothing to do with that. What do you mean? You love it. I love it because it's stupid, not because I believe it. Well, two horses have now tried to eat me. Yeah, because you fucking beat them up. No, I didn't hit. I didn't hit either of these ones. They probably talk shit about you when you're not around. Probably do. Anyway, my theory about see, I don't. Do centaurs get spooked easily? Like horses do. <laughs> like horses. <laughs> like, or is a centaur just hanging out with his buddies, and then he he sees something that he thinks might be a snake, and he's like, "Whoa, Brian!" <laughs> yeah here's the thing like literally like horses are afraid of they're afraid of like barrels the reason though that they get spooked so easily is because their eyes are on the side of their head the reason they get spooked so easily is because they have been royally fucked by nature they li- their lives are carrying things around sometimes other animals that straddle them well yeah it's the most demeaning existence i can think of Okay, listen, I mean, a lot of them are treated fucking beautifully, though. Those things are pampered. Does that make it okay? No, I mean, well, I mean. You know what I learned? You know what I learned? That wild horses aren't a thing. There are only domestic horses. Wild horses, like, when you hear about wild horses out in, like, the American West or whatever, they're actually just domesticated horses that have gotten loose. Like, yeah. They weren't. They haven't been free this whole time. They they got free again. We assume, but like, there's literally there is not a single. Yeah, they are biologically domesticated animals. There's not. There was one biologically un like undomesticated breed of horse. Uh, Preswalski's horse. I definitely didn't say that. It was where were they? But I think in Russia. I assume they're gone now. They are. like one left alive actually because it's it's a IUCN red list status is endangered not extinct well I guess you know maybe maybe they can make a comeback oh it says current population increasing oh but you know what it is the only ones still alive are in captivity yeah yeah they they have now been domesticated (laughs) or at least captured 
they don't even look like horses they just look like like donkeys they're kind no, of no send me that pic okay but i mean like yeah obviously they're just like that there's that but the reason that they're skittish is like they can't see what's in front of them because their eyes are on you know the side of their head yeah that sucks so I guess maybe centaurs don't have that issue because their eyes are right in front? Yeah, I think we answered that question. All right. Um, I would love to know what it is about centaurs. Oh, this does just look like a donkey. Yeah. I would love to know why centaurs are so often depicted as archers. Like, they probably, if anything, have the advantage in close combat. I feel like maybe that has to do... Who were the, peop- the, the people that the Greeks fought that were, like, known for their archery? The Greeks? Uh, well, I think this is... Um... Are you talking, like, Trojan War? Oh, shit. No, there's something, like, they're called something, too, and they could do, like, ph- Phalanx? No, Phalanx is the is the, the shield thing. Um... Mm-hmm. Well, the Greeks developed the composite bow, which is the most powerful weapon until the gun. Um, yo, it was also cross- huge. What and... about the crossbow? The composite bow will fuck you up. Look at what the... Google the composite bow. All I'm saying is that the Pope outlawed the crossbow for a long time. He didn't have to outlaw the composite bow because nobody could fucking use it. It, like, weighs more than a person. But it was, like, deadly accurate. Oh, yeah. But I guess if you're... If if a centaur... A centaur probably could lift a composite bow. So if we depict centaurs as archers, they're actually just marching around with the, like, most deadly weapon humans ever developed until we had, like, gunpowder. That's pretty badass. And imagine they shoot it at close range. (laughs) I don't... Oh, man, I want to know what these people are called. They're... I think you made it up, maybe. I didn't because we learned we talked about it in my Greek history class um, last year, or not my Greek, my Roman history class. Maybe it was Roman. Well, the Romans had a lot of enemies with better military con- combat skills. So I hate Rome. <laughs> Going on the record, hate Rome. Um, but yeah, okay. So wait, back to the centaur yeah, lung whatever. thing for a second because I did have an interesting. So I have a copy of this book called The Compendium of Magical Beasts, an Anatomical Study of Cryptozoology's Most Elusive Beings. Um, and it is credited as being by Dr. Veronica Wigbert Blackwater, but it is actually by um, Melissa Brinks, who co-hosts the podcast Fate Geek Girls, um, which is a pretty neat po- podcast. I don't know if you've ever listened to it, but it's cool. Um, and she wrote this book that's beautifully illustrated by Lily Seika Jones, and she gave me permission to read from it on the podcast so i'm going to do that and so one interesting thing i found about their centaur anatomy model is that it does have four lungs but um this is why okay uh the two rib cages contain two sets of lungs but just one large heart in its equine half the two sets of lungs serve different purposes the anterior is primarily for speaking and light exercise and the second larger set allows the centaur to run for long distances Uh right both sets work in tandem and the expanded lung capacity allows centaurs to survive at higher elevations where they are more isolated from human society oh that that. yeah that i can get behind i did not like the elevation yeah i won't lie i was very pro two big lungs um but this kind of convinced me that just take up their like entire torso yeah okay i found it what i was taught the parthian shot which was 
uh, a military tactic that the, the Parthians used. And so when they were retreating, archers on horseback would turn their bodies like backwards while doing a full, a full gallop and they would shoot backwards. Uh, so the reason that we didn't remember this very well is because it's in modern day Iran and Middle Eastern history doesn't matter. I have a lot of really strong feelings about the way we teach classical history. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah, Continue. yeah. The reason that this is that, yeah, that you wouldn't have necessarily yeah learned about it. Um. No, yeah, so I'm just thinking, like, I don't know, I feel like, like, well, archers are huge, well, I guess archers aren't always mounted, I guess, but I feel like maybe, like, originally archers were mounted, I don't well, know. archers are considered, like, the cowardly, like, if you're gonna shoot from a distance, that's a, that's a coward's weapon. It's a pussy-ass move. <laughs> but it's effective, you know? And it's it's efficient. Cost-effective. Anyway, I don't know what, where I was going with the Parthian shot, but basically these people's calves must have been insane because they didn't have stirrups yet. Woof. Man, how do you think centaurs responded to the creation of stirrups? Well, no, you, a centaur does not let you ride it. That's very rude. Okay, in Song of Achilles, though? When Chiron lets the... They ride Chiron. But he's like, I want you to know, I don't do this for everybody. <laughs> Just for his two sons. Yes. Song of Achilles. I forgot that Chiron is in that. I can't believe I forgot that Chiron's in that book for a bit. I fucking love yeah. Chiron in that book. Song of Achilles is an incredible book. It's the only centaur representation you will ever need in your life. Yeah. Um. Should we move on to some other questions? I guess so. I feel like I have a lot more to say about centaurs. I mean, we can always go back I to so. that. But yeah, you okay. Know? So in moving forward, I will just say, if you get the chance, you should definitely pick up uh, the Magical Beasts, the Compendium of Magical Beasts, because it is an awesome book. I have been enjoying it so, so thoroughly, um, and it's pretty good, and it's beautiful. I gotta get my hands on that. Yeah, you really do. Uh, so I've got this question here from Yahoo Answers, um, and it reads, it's from Anonymous, and it reads, Welp, I invited a demon, and no... And no. <laughs> It won't let me sleep. I assume that's supposed to say now. Um, my pet demon keeps waking me up at night at three at, at three every day. I invited that's him. That's the through, witching hour. Through spelled T H R U. You can spell it like that. Through a Ouija board. How do I ask my pet demon to stop stop knocking and pounding at three at night? Nicely. Yeah. With reverence but here's the thing i mean maybe his issue this person's issue is that they're viewing this demon as their pet yeah I'm that's sure definitely the demon show does not like that. that well i've i've told you about how we had a witching hour problem when we first moved into our house right um i don't i don't know so hi uh my house is haunted uh by a very very like friendly ghosts we we assume that it is the former resident who did die in the house uh his name is mr fisher uh and he was a very old cranky man which is our understanding and you know now he's pretty docile i hear him walking up the boarded staircase sometimes occasionally you will like hear footsteps in rooms where there aren't foot like where nobody is and doors will just open and shit but nothing nothing like malevolent uh, but when we first moved in, he really hated us. Uh, I woke up one night to feeling like I was being pinched, like, all over my body. It was awful. Uh, and every night at 3 a.m. for, like, the first couple weeks we were living there, my sister's stereo, 
would just turn on and like blasting music even if she muted it before she went to bed even if she turned it off before she went to bed it would turn on and start blasting music at three in the morning every night yeah mr fisher did not want us uh, in his home what type of music was it i don't know (laughs) i wasn't this was before we shared a room so i wasn't like present Uh, i assume like she listened to a lot of like hip-hop so probably whatever station she'd left it on Mm. um but so the way that we made that stop was we um unplugged the stereo uh and also mr fisher just got used to us i think he kind of realized we weren't going anywhere yeah. So basically, you gotta show that demon who's boss, I think. He's gotta show his pet. I just really Stop think... calling it your pet, yeah, first of yeah, all. Yeah, that, that's the main issue here. That lack of respect. But here's the thing, you know, if your demon's waking you up every night at 3am, it wants attention. Like, you you summon this demon into your house and now you're just giving it the shaft? Spend time with your demon. And I'm not, like, Treasure I'm not sure your what, they, demon. what they expected. Like, they admit to inviting the demon. Yeah. And they call it their pet. Also, I do really like that this is listed in the science and mathematics part of Yahoo Answers. That I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, just, I think it's definitely an issue of respect. And, like, you know, I you brought this upon yourself. Yeah. And salt your toilet. Yeah. Never forget. I mean, I feel like we've really answered that one. Yeah. But, well, like, that's your own full fault. I have mm-hmm. nothing more to say. Do you have another one? I mean, do you want to find one? Oh, I didn't know that that was going to be my job, so I didn't. <laughs> oh, I mean, I do have this other one that I did just find that I kind of like. Okay, yeah, go for it. So, um, again, from an anonymous user on Yahoo Answers, is lightning attracted to people who are, quote, living in sin, end quote? Um... So it does have a description. My friend Megan and I, we are just platonic friends, are considering living together to save on rent. She's a 24-year-old woman, and I am a 25-year-old guy who just graduated from college. We have both been winning quite a few contests, and some someone said that the gods would frown upon us living together. Does the Lady gods Luck pass- plural? It does say gods plural, and it is lowercase. Does Lady Luck pass judgments? Is Fortuna com- completely unbiased to people's conduct? A Catholic told me that this was, quote, living in sin, end quote, and would result in a large number of readers in purgatory. Could this increase the chance of dying in a car crash or being struck by a meteorite or by lightning or of the water heater exploding or some sort of tragic drinking accident? What is the worst that could happen? Are all probabilities governed by purely material factors and plain mathematics? Is this bad luck? How could one counter the bad luck this might cause? There's so much here. Yeah. Well, there's another paragraph. One second. Oh my god. She is sometimes called Tai Chi, and how does she judge our actions and determine probabilities? Would the probabilities of winning swing dancing contests be affected by the actions of Tai Chi or Fortuna? Would she judge our platonic cohabitation arrangement and take away our good fortune and cause some sort of freak accident? How does luck work? Update. What exactly attracts lightning? How does lightning lightning know where and who to strike? Who controls (laughs) lightning? And why don't really bad people always get struck? Well, because Zeus controls lightning and he himself is a really bad person. That's true. Oh my god, someone's someone's response is... Oh man, this person's 
Avatar is also a bald eagle in majestic flight. This person's response from Rara Fidelis. Unless you and Megan are fornicating, you are not living in sin. You are just housemates. Gods are not real. Sin is not real. Purgatory is not real. And lightning neither knows nor cares what your private habits are. Well, there you have it, folks. But so besides all this, I don't know, context, I'm going to just take this question out of context. Let's just go back to the source here. The, this thing that did catch my attention. Is lightning attracted to people who are living in sin? No. Why might someone think it is, though? I don't know. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> because we're we... very confused. Alright. That's all I got. I... Well, we need another question then. I have one. Go for it, thank you. Oh my god, chapter 23 of this book is on ghouls. I know what we're doing next week. Oh dear god. Okay, but, um, so this question. If an elven palace was under goblin occupation, would it still be referred to as an elven palace? I say yes, because the architecture will remain the same, unless they rebuild the palace. That's true. And, like, you gotta you gotta explain a little bit more, I think, their, like, occupation. Like, is it under siege? Well, they're occupying it, so I assume that they've sieged successfully. They've <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, like, who who owns, I guess, like, that's a legal issue right there, you know? Who has the rights to that? that land well if i a a today person move into that is what we are called if i move into a victorian home i don't become a victorian nor does the home become a modern home is that coexist is it the same though okay if i lived in a doghouse okay does it stop being a doghouse no exactly so if a goblin moved into an elven palace, it's still an elven palace. It was built by elves, and it reflects their But this isn't just, artistic. like, moving in. This is conquest. Yeah, but they're not changing the, like, anything about the structure itself within the context of this question. If they burn the palace down and then rebuilt it to look like a goblin palace, then no, it's not an elven palace can anymore. I, can I get some a source for this question? I'm, I'm very curious. It's on Yahoo Answers. Oh, nice. Um, are there any good answers to it? What do, what do the other folks say? Let's see. Uh, one person said, probably. Okay. <laughs> I just like that. Um, another person said the same thing I did. Like, yeah, uh, it's still... The architecture is the same. Um, another person said it depends who's the DM, <laughs> which I think is interesting if you take it on like a cosmic level. Like, who... <laughs> who DMs life? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and log in that it is still an elven palace. That's my hot take. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think that makes sense. When I see, I just finished reading Holly Black's *The Cruel Prince*, so I think I know a lot about goblins and elves, um, because I read that one book. Yeah. And, um, I yeah, you know, I feel like goblins are gonna have, like, what makes a goblin palace? Okay, um, probably a lot of rocks. I imagine elven palaces are like carved out of marble, marble or trees or some shit. Yeah, um, like real Lord of the Rings, foresty, Fruit Loop type thing. 
um, goblin palaces are going to have smaller doors. Yeah. Potentially wider doors. Uh, okay. Lower ceilings. Uh, dank atmosphere, like less lighting, probably. Elves need light. Goblins probably don't like it that much. Yeah. Probably, you know, their art styles are just so different. Like what an elf considers beautiful, a goblin would probably consider impractical. So, you know, if a goblin is occupying an elven, if the question is more in the context of like, oh, these goblins are staying here and they tore down all the artwork and tapestries and shit and like made it all gross on the inside, I do think it is still an elven palace because the structure of the building itself would still be an elven palace. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that makes sense. There's no, like, transferring of, um, you know, no one no one switches the deed over. Yeah, and even if they did, the elves still built it. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're at 48 minutes. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like there's going to be a lot to cut out. <laughs> there's usually not as much as I think there's going to be. I know, but I rambled a lot. So? I'm going to want to cut that out. Oh, my God. Fine, ask another question. Alright, why won't the police admit that they use Ouija boards to contact murder victims and locate the perpetrators? Why won't they admit that? I don't know, because we have a crooked cop situation in this country right now. That's at the bottom of the list, buddy. You know what else they've been up to? You ever heard of a little something called racial profiling? Oh, yeah, you're getting political. I mean, it's true. (laughs) You are not wrong. I'm just saying, we want them to confess they're using Ouija boards. Let's maybe start with a more impertinent. Yeah. Let's maybe start with a more. I think I was trying to say important and pertinent at the same time. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Both of those. Let's start with a more relevant issue. Have you ever seen the show Pushing Daisies? I've recommended it to you many times, and I know that you. Yeah, I feel like maybe we talked about it in an episode already. No, I don't think so. Oh. Well, Lee Pace, who is also an elf, plays Ned the Pie Maker, who has this ability from childhood where, like, if he touches a dead thing, it comes back to life. But if he lets it stay alive for more than 60 seconds, something else has to die in its place. And if, oh he, touches, if he touches the thing, he is reanimated again. It will die again. But he uses it to solve murders. So he'll reanimate the corpse, and his partner has 60 seconds to interrogate the corpse and figure out who did the murder and then he kills the corpse again it's a very good show oh man so the corpse gets murdered twice well no the are corpse the people just horrified they're like oh my god i'm back and it's like psych sometimes yeah it's that's a really of... good show it's by the same guy who did hannibal but it's very different in tone interesting <laughs> like a very happy kind of good spirited show all right do you want to pose our question for next week uh i don't it's the question that you ask me because you like when i answer it which one what's the difference oh Oh, okay okay um so i guess that that's that's gonna do it for us here for um for that week i'll leave us with a final question um, to carry us over on into um Next week, when we will hopefully have another another episode out, um, Allie, do am I gonna ask it? No, I'm oh. I'm just I'm gonna ask you a question now. Oh yes, please do. Okay, so what's the difference between ghosts and ghouls? Well, you'll have to come back next week to find out, won't ya? You'll you'll want to now, <laughs> won't ya? 
<laughs> if you had the chance to change your fate, no. would you? Is Merida a ghoul? Is her mom? <laughs> no, her mom's a bear. She is. Mom, she... you're a bear. <laughs> Okay, we will have to come back to that at another another time. My legs are so asleep. Oh dear. I can't move. Um, oh my god, it hurts. Do the sign up. Okay, well, so for a discussion on uh, ghouls and ghosts, be sure to check in with us next week. Um, and we will, you know, hopefully actually have a video up next week from when you're hearing this. Uh, not video, oh my god. We will hopefully actually have an episode up um, next week from when you were hearing this. Um, thank you for listening. I also, what what do I say for the sign off? Yeah, hold on. I'm going to actually pull up last episode oh and just listen God. to what I said. Did something happen in the ending of the last one? Because I just tried to pull it up and it sounds very weird. Why does it sound weird? Like something is overlapping with something else. Oh, fuck. Is it the outro music? It's like... Um, Wait, oh fuck. <laughs> like two tracks are playing at once? Yeah. yeah. Probably. Yeah, you played the intro over the outro. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm sorry. I didn't listen to the whole thing before I exported it. Like, no, I listened to the whole thing once and then I edited it and then I exported it. All so right, I must yes. have fucked up and like pasted something twice by accident. Yeah, so an apology to anyone who oh listened to the last God. episode and accidentally heard that. So sorry. Uh, okay, so then I'll just I'll just say um, thank you all for listening, and I do also want to say um, to give a quick shout out to oh fuck I was about to say Darren Chris that's not his name. <laughs> Thanks so much to Darren Chris thank for writing Darren our intro Chris. and outro. I do really appreciate I mean, thank you, Darren Chris, just like for being In general, here. thank you, Darren yeah, Chris. Please continue to be that. you. But um what I was going to say is um I wanna give a shout out to Darren Curtis. They are the creator of the music that we are using for that we have used for our intro and outro music, Asian Graveyard. It's spooky royalty free music on SoundCloud. You should definitely check it out. Um and yeah, that's that's all we got for you guys this week. We hope that you will join us again, and don't forget to salt your toilets. Mm -hmm.